everybody, and welcome to Drunk Monkeys Podcasting. I am one of your hosts, Colleen Carney Hafner, editor in chief of Drunk Monkeys. I am Chris Pruitt. I am the managing editor at Drunk Monkeys. Matt Guerrero, uh, producer of this podcast, um, we are going to be discussing the Twin Peaks episode, Super Kids Curse. I don't, I think this is episode five. I didn't write it down, to be honest with you. It is episode five, season two. The Orchid's Curse. If you are just joining us, or you should know by now if you listen to us, we're a spoiler light podcast. So if you haven't been watching Twin Peaks in the past and you happen to be following along with us, we won't be spoiling anything major for you. Uh, real quick before we begin, you can follow us at TP Logcasting on Twitter, Drunk Monkeys Web on Twitter. Uh, we are, this is December 6th today, so we are closed for the month and we are on hiatus until January. We'll be reopening for submissions in January, along with our pop culture issue, which is our favorite issue to do. Uh, otherwise, there's not much to report. We did just publish our sci fi edition. Uh, it was really solid work, so go ahead and It'll be up till January, so go ahead and read it. Um, otherwise, it's really big, it'll be up it's forever. Really cool. To be fair, it'll be yeah, it'll be up forever, but it'll be on the main page. Right. <laughs> so go ahead and dive into that for your December treat, and uh, we will be back in January with new stuff and all that jazz. Hopefully, a new year. Hopefully, a better year. <laughs> but thank you anyway. So we're, we're recording this at the beginning of lockdown two, but we just want to reassure our audience that our mayor, Eric Garcetti, has uh, deemed podcasters an essential service. So don't worry. We will continue to provide the quality insight and entertainment <laughs> that you can expect from Drunk Monkeys Logcasting uh, indefinitely. And no, we didn't drive to meet each other in person. We did this online. Yes, we are through Zoom because we are responsible podcasters. Responsible and essential. <laughs> They're just calling but us essential what? workers because they want to give us extra money. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Guess what? We could go to work if we wanted to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just choose not to out of the kindness of our hearts. The orchid's curse, guys. Why? I don't know. <laughs> what is it? Will we find out? No. 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 We're not going to. There will be orchids, though. Ah, plenty of orchids in this episode, so let's just jump right in. We begin with a groggy Cooper awakening in his bed, um, dreaming about eating a tasteless gumdrop and telling Diane about it. It's just, I don't know. And it turns uh, out to be his earplug or something. It's like the world's it's... worst joke, and they just decided, yeah, what if the first two minutes of this <laughs> like intrigue series are just about like the I accidentally woke up eating my pillow joke but like it's <laughs> slight variance um then he talks about how he does his yoga for his like pain his shattered shot rib and he's like I just move it to the back of my mind which is like that's not a thing I don't think like <laughs> like he got shot in the ribs like yeah like last night I did yoga for lower back pain and that is a thing that makes some sense to me but I did not see on yoga with Adrienne that she had a yoga for bullet wound healing so <laughs> I'm not sure if he's just a little further along in the coursework than I am or what's going on <laughs> is this that. a YouTube yoga for Ad- with Adrienne yeah that was a YouTube video we should link that <laughs> that's very good um so this is an elaborate uh, setup for him to find, finally, Audrey's note underneath his bed. So he's like, Diane, I do this stretching. I'm going to be doing a headstand now. I am upside down. 
Uh, my rib pain is in the bottom of my psyche or like whatever. And and mind you, like the time frame of this is so bizarre that it's like, did he get shot three days ago at this point? Or like two yeah. weeks? Like it's, I don't even know anymore. I, I think it's supposed to be only a couple of days have elapsed, but it's pretty unclear. I mean, obviously he, you know, he got shot and then he was instantly going around doing things like he's we know he's supposed to do like an infiltration this evening. Like it, whether he's three days or two weeks out from being shot in the abdomen, he's at a ridiculous level of activity given the circumstances, no matter how unclear the timeline is. Um, I do like that he just continues to keep the tape recorder on while he's doing the yoga. Diane, I am now standing <laughs> on my head. And and as you note, he does find something important to talk about while he's doing this. But I do wonder what his original intent was. Like he was just <laughs> going to sit there and describe his entire yoga routine and then there would be no further information involved or... Diane, I'm opening my heart chakra right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so finally he finds this fucking letter that's been under his bed for like nine weeks at this point. Um, and he's like, oh my God, the giant was right. I did leave something, but like there was a clue I didn't catch or like whatever the hell. Um, this doesn't speak well for either the Twin Peaks Police Department or the FBI that, that this large note is right in plain view under the bed where the, the man was shot. They didn't find it. It before. also doesn't speak. It also doesn't speak well for housekeeping. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Nobody is really like, doing their jobs here. I feel uh, like this is this is pre-COVID, obviously. So I feel like turndown service <laughs> is probably like an everyday thing. Like you can't request to save your towels day or whatever to conserve water, <laughs> whatever the hell. So so um so yeah, so this is this whole scene. I think from here. I think the scene pretty much ends there and from here yeah, we go. Yeah, so he gets the note and the upshot is <coughs> he's involved in this whole, uh, this is harkening back to the previous episode, but he's involved in this whole thing about being um, Ben Horn's middleman to deliver the money to Jean Renault. Jean Renault to Ben Horn has posed himself as, a, as the middleman, even though he's really kind of the mastermind of the whole thing. And... Uh, what Coop is learning, obviously, is not that Audrey is kidnapped because he knew that part. But what he's learning is, oh, she's just at One-Eyed Jack. So we don't have to do this game. We can just go get her. Like, yeah, is, is sort of what he, he takes away from this. Um, I Before we move on to the next scene, I really do want to uh, mention at the very beginning when he's waking up and he reaches for the tape recorder, he talks about, again, how he slept poorly. And he mentions that he has to cut down on his after-dinner coffee consumption, which is interesting to me for a couple things. First of all, Coop has been bitching about his sleep and blaming, like, uh, you know, various <laughs> other factors in the hotel the entire series up until this point. And, like, you know, this is the first recognition of the fact that maybe the fact that he's always chugging coffee is perhaps an element <laughs> of, the, uh, of the problem he's dealing with. Um, also, it's the only time I think that we hear him say he's having too much coffee ever yeah. in the series. <laughs> he's very pro coffee. It actually reminds me of this girl I knew in our grad program who was like, I have chronic insomnia and I never sleep, but she would drink like monster energy drinks all day long. <laughs> and I was like, like, it's like didn't <laughs> like you could sleep. I don't know. I don't think you have chronic, like unmedicated, unmedicatable insomnia. I think you're just drinking too much monster energy drink yeah. I, one of 
And you're also going to have a heart attack at like 25. Yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> uh, what's funny is we were just talking about all this middleman. So I just drew this little, uh, I don't know if you can see. Where yeah, Ouroboros of like everyone double crossing everybody else. And then Coop's like, oh, we can just go get her, which is just funny. There's a lot of legwork happening for no reason. Right. Um, yeah, Coop drinks too much coffee, basically. We're going to move from there to, I believe, the police station where um, Hawk is informing the crew that he interviewed the neighbors of Leland's like summer home as a child. And like, I'm like, how old are these people? Like, like Leland was a child like 98 years ago at this point um and they have no memory of this like Bob like Robertson person like they're like that guy like isn't a real person at all so um but (laughs) he has this amazing line where he's like I talked to these old people and they made me drink like a million cups of chamomile tea that reminds like he has to be reminded that he well, it, it's so funny because like he kind of like charges into the police station. He kind of like urgently steps in and he's like, hey, uh, they don't know where that guy is. And it's like, wait, what's the what's the urgency with this message? That's like basically, yeah, I have no in- information. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have to go to the bathroom. I just remembered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such a I, I wrote Hawk on screen for the first time in a couple of episodes and he has a PP joke. <laughs> yeah, and not for anything, but he's denigrating chamomile tea, which is arguably one of the better teas like i mean maybe he's denigrating it because he had to drink three pots of it you know <laughs> whatever good to flush out the system colleen is not sympathetic to hot no. to drink too much chamomile. but i just love how he goes oh that reminds me yeah like, yeah yeah that you need to urgently piss <laughs> like it's yes. just like it's so funny so um so that whole thing happens and then lucy uh it's like hey harry remember i'm actually going on like a brief vacation to visit my sister don't worry about it i'm gonna train the like temp it's gonna be fine it's like really overly like you don't need to be explaining like to him that you're gonna tell somebody else how to pick up a phone there's not a lot really even though there's like murders and stuff there's not a lot of hubbub happening here in this office so it's like a temp I made the same note. It's it's very funny to me that um, she's telling this to Harry. She's like, I have this extremely specific plan to go visit these uh, these relatives like of mine, and, yeah. and, and this is this is the situation. And they just recently had a kid, and I'm going to go do this. And also, uh, you know, the temp isn't here yet, so I'm going to wait until the temp gets here. And then, like Harry's like, Lucy, don't worry about it. It's fine. And it's like. Okay, so right now Harry is dealing with multiple unsolved murders as yet in in um, Twin Peaks. He's got he's due at the courthouse shortly for a hearing on one of these, as well as uh, you know some related legal business, and he is also running a secret bookhouse boys uh, <laughs> fucking like raid of an illegal over the border brothel this evening, and it's like he's just like the chillest guy. He's like. Don't worry about it. We don't need a temp. It's it's just it's all good, Lucy. <laughs> Wait, can't you just put like the no machine on? Like it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Lucy's like efficiency though. Like she, no, her she's great. Ridiculous, but she takes it very seriously. With like yeah, and and they kind of double down on that point with a scene with Andy later, which we'll talk about when we get to it. Yeah, but like, yeah. they, there's this like very it's minor but cute undercurrent here of like Lucy's actually working harder than probably anybody else in the <laughs> sheriff's office right now. 
Uh, definitely harder than like Hawk with his pee. <laughs> like, <laughs> I talked to I teachers for three episodes and then I came back and I have to pee. With no information. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Also, um, I didn't solve anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What does this say? I have Lucy visit. Okay. Oh, I think I wrote, I know. So this must be Coop comes and is like, I know where Audrey is. She said, yeah. so let's just go there. Like later. Yeah. The, he just, like after afterward. <laughs> yeah. Blow it's off just like, yeah. Let's bang in and go over there. <laughs> Let, let's just totally, let's just go do it. No problem. It's not going to be an issue. Um, uh, I don't think yeah, there's anything else. There's from nothing this here. Bit. Like, it's it's a very this yeah. episode is all like very like there's a lot happening but it's all very like okay let's just move on it's, it's definitely very, towards other yeah. things that necessarily happening a lot's a lot's going on but it's very much like a lot of different plot lines are moving to the next important phase yeah. and we're getting bits of like backfill information and stuff um i think we go from here to shelly's house yes. right this is speaking of overlong this scene is like entirely too long. Aiden, my son, was in the room with me during the scene, and he was like, "I don't like. Why is this still happening?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't." <laughs> truly, the truly the motto of season two. <laughs> why is this still happening? Yeah. Well, um, I I think it's very much just Lynch got this stupid idea for a contraption and like a slapstick comedy bit related to it, and wanted to milk that for absolutely all it was worth well beyond its shelf life uh it just keeps going on over and over again throughout it's the scene so and by contraption we mean sex swing right yeah, it's it's sort of like, yeah it's it definitely <laughs> looks like it's been repurposed from right. that piece of it's technology so a medical like adjuster or whoever mm. is there, and they're preparing shelly for leo's eventual uh return home even though he's uh you know basically still comatose and and severely like brain damaged and Bobby's still like I'm his cousin so I want to know everything which is like not a legal thing at all <laughs> like but okay and the guy's like okay here's a contraption that can help you like have him sitting up and move him to the bed and, but it's like a crane like it's literally like it's like the crane part of a crane attached to the wall with like chains and like a mm. swing it's definitely like like a like a DIY sex swing <laughs> you know, like yeah, and- like you're even, very underinsured, so this is what you get. Yeah, <laughs> we snap well, this together. well, not necessarily underinsured because I think the one important piece of information that we get from this scene is that, like, it seems that although Shelly is aware that Bobby's plan is to sort of run this as a scam to get as much money out of uh, as possible out of Leo's payout, um, it seems that he's trying to keep her in the dark a little bit about to what degree it's a scam because he's got the adjuster in on it and he kind of like drums up an excuse to get her out of the room for a minute so he can like lean in on this guy and be like like okay i know that we're stealing a lot of money out of this but like could you not get something that's this shitty that like this is gonna kill him you know <laughs> um so <laughs> the guy gets like stuck in it yeah yeah and it's like, like slamming him against around. the wall repeatedly and then while that's happening like Leo and Shelly imply that they're going to go outside and Bobby. fuck. Like, or, I'm sorry, Bobby and Shelly like, <laughs> imply that they're going to go do this, which is, it, the whole scene is very bizarre. It's very bizarre. It's too long. And it's like, I can't think of anything less sexy. Like, I get their teens and they're like horny constantly, but like, 
like because we have to remember they're still, they're teenagers like right. mm-hmm. not they they very much look like they're like 30 but they're they're supposed to be like 18 or 19 years old and so I get that they want to like bone constantly, but like not while the the insurance adjuster <laughs> medical guy is like being bad. Unless that's their kink for some reason. They're like, oh, well, Other and and, like and the way they transitioned to that by going, let's step outside for this. It just made me instantly remember what where the washing machine is. <laughs> like, <laughs> actually, on my outdoor yeah, yeah. washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> Put a bloody shirt in it. <laughs> like. God. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, but I love how we've talked before about how Shelly's house has just been constant, like terrible disarray. Like it's like always being renovated, but like not properly. So I guess it's it a broken kind of- home, Colleen. Do you get the <laughs> symbolism? <laughs> Do you get the symbolism? But I think it's also like kind of like apropos that like even the medical equipment is garbage. <laughs> like they keep- so it's it's, it's, funny a, it's a commentary because- on healthcare in America. Yeah, it's just worse. Thirty years later or whatever. Um, it's, I just wrote, this dude is frantic, which like, he's like, get me <laughs> really a silly scene. He's but like I getting slammed like, into the wall yeah. repeatedly by this weird sex swing crane contraption. Get me out of here. Well, and we <laughs> recognize the actor, right? No, yeah. I didn't. Uh, my girlfriend Lander. did. I didn't. Yeah. Squeaky. She was like, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just passed just away, away yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Yes. <gasps> we watched it on his death day? Yes, she did. <laughs> Yeah. Is it? No, uh, who David, is it? David Lander, the um the uh he played Squiggy uh on Laverne and Shirley. And oh shit, he, that was him? Yeah, that was him. Wow, all right. And I guess he'll real. pop up again in Twin Peaks. I, I Yeah, I mean yeah. just in this capacity, he's yeah. related to this like insurance deal thing with Leo. Yeah. Right, right. No, the, we had this exact conversation when I was watching the episode and uh Sunj was like, Oh, Th- this guy just passed away. He was on Laverne and Shirley. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know who this is. Yeah. Is he a guy? Like, I don't yeah, know. yeah. He is Wait a guy. Holy hell, I didn't even recognize him, but I didn't realize we watched this on the day he actually died. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know That's what? That's the I real Orchid's curse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We killed him somehow. <laughs> With our podcasting, our essential podcasting. Right. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, he did sell this. Like, I mean, he was having fun. Yeah, he's great also, in the like, scene. So like good for him, you know what I mean? He went out with a bag. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty he's pretty good in this scene. So then let's see what uh oh I wrote this is going on too long. Okay, so now we go to the courts. And where are the courts in Twin Peaks? They're at the fucking roadhouse. Where everything else goes down at Twin Peaks, the roadhouse. They do not even have like a simple now. I don't know how to say okay in season three I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too crazy with this but we learned that like the sheriff's office is a lot bigger than we think it is and I don't know if those are like future renovations or if that's just like hey it was always like that but it's like I'm to believe that like there's not a a, just even like a even a Knights of Columbus (laughs) or like a or like a Kiwanis club that they could be using for this like American Legion post you know there's some weird veterans who live in Twin Peaks so like they they literally stop at one point to have a drink at the bar and then go back to the trial (laughs) like it's it's like a weird pre-trial sort of whatever um so it's at the bar and and again we're introduced to Andy's like incredible sketching skills like remember he did the bob 
uh, have you seen this man? That's right. Yeah. Recurring. And then we're like, wow, element. impressive. But he's doing like your, your, you know, run of the mill courtroom sketches or whatever. And they're like, pretty good, Andy. And he's like, yeah, thanks. Like, it's really kind of. Yeah. Of course, he's doing it like of the back of Leland's head. So it's yeah, just so like, it's like the drawing is like of a guy who's facing away. And Harry goes, next time you should try to get like a little more face in there, <laughs> which is such a funny thing to say. And Eddie but, is like so skeptical. He like looks down at his drawing, looks back up. He's like, from where he's sitting, it's the back of his head. So he's like, yeah, like what am I supposed yeah, to do? I, all right, I guess I'll take that into consideration. There's a lot of room at the bar to get a better angle. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking um, Ben Horn is there, uh, just eating peanuts as he watches this arraignment um, at the bar. Uh, he seems to be his involvement seems to be is my lawyer about to get thrown in jail or not? Yes, real Trump <laughs> Trump energy happening from Ben. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Leland doesn't really say anything in this scene. His legal um, strategy is a little unclear to me since he straight up confessed to murdering this guy, but he's pleading not guilty. So I'm like, I, I <laughs> it's like one of the I assume it's one of those like it's not guilty because I'm not guilty because like I was crazy. Yeah, yeah, like he's Trauma probably doing died. some kind of insanity plea, but he doesn't doesn't really tell yeah, us it's, that it's very here. unclear yeah um they're also trying to i don't remember if they say it here or not and my notes were not great last night but they're also trying to be like well we should consider uh making leo competent to stand dry <laughs> it's just like well he's like in a coma so that's not gonna happen if there's a lot of like back and forth happening here ultimately what happens i don't think we need to talk too much about it is that the judge royal dano who I love, as we said last episode, um, is going to release Leland on his own recognizance, uh, but he can't leave town, and Leland's like very thankful for that. And, yeah, uh, I do have to say, Ray Wise, he doesn't say much in this scene at all, but he is like so phenomenal. Like his eyes are just like really actually grateful, and he's like, "Thank you so much." I love him. Can we get him on the show? Seriously, Ray Wise, come on, <laughs> Drunk Monkey's broadcasting. <laughs> I'm going to tweet at him later. Please. Like, please. Yeah, his performance in the show is unbelievable. Is he on Cameo? I'll I'll put up for like a, hey, guys, please listen to <laughs> We should all pool if he's on <laughs> Ray Wise Cameo. Let's see if we can get him to sing on it. Um, oh, my God. I love him. So we'll, we'll come back to the courtroom to resolve the Leo thing shortly, but there's a Ben gets up and leaves. He's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Ben leaves because he's whatever. The thing I cared about was the Leland thing. Um, of course, we know he is roundabout involved in the Leo thing as well, but maybe he's purposely doesn't want his face around there for that. Um, right, right. So we cut away <laughs> for a bit from the court stuff to go to, uh, you know, Donna at Harold's again, unfortunately for us all. Um, and of course, you know, it, Harold opens for his lunch delivery and he's just like, you know, invites a teenage girl into his house he's where, he's, where he's day drinking. Yeah, that, that was what I was about to say. It's like, I wrote here and we get a little bit more of an answer to this shortly, but I wrote as I saw this scene is Harold's like problem that he's just a fucking drunk and that's why it he can't be. leave the house. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm agoraphobic. And also who's delivering him all this wine? not like the days not, that's like, not coming from meals on wheels yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the days of like at home like booze delivery like we have now which rules like yeah this is, is like like someone is, is supplying him he's, he's buying that shit wholesale maybe like <laughs> he's getting it shipped i don't even know um 
that's the real mystery of the season. Who's giving Harold? And you know what else is funny that I didn't actually ever put together is like we've talked before about mirroring on this show. Like there's a there's a Mike and a Mike, and there's a Bobby right. and a Robert, and and there's a Harry and a Harold. And like right. didn't think about that until last night. I oh, like, I didn't oh. really think about that either. I, I assume yeah. Harry's first name is Harold. Like, yeah, I mean the so the Harry thing is the play on harry truman or whatever yeah, so yeah. I, maybe it may or may not be related that is interesting i just think it's interesting that, that there's yeah. always a recycled name yeah. somewhere along the line yeah um yeah he's just full of day drinking this is where my son was watching this with me and he's like this fucking clown and he got up and left because he just <laughs> has a huge distaste for harold as most of us do yeah um, um this scene kind of reiterates that for me um like the the first part of it is that donna comes in and she just sort of invites herself in when she leaves the food. And she's just basically like, okay, here's the deal. I'll, I'll make it a deal with you. You let me get access to Laura's diary. I'll give you stories for your living novel bullshit or whatever that you want to do. Um, we'll just make a trade. And it's, it's an obviously very stilted and like uncomfortable. Like you're making me do this, but I'm going to do it because I need this information. Yeah, and she's very clear about it. Quote. And he's very cl- clear about it being a quid pro quo thing. And he's like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> which Did makes you- me. Oh, no, go no. Ahead. Go I, well, ahead. I was just going to say it, that still feeds my like feeling creepy about Harold because he seems perfectly fine with it being like this like gross kind of pressure field like quid pro quo scenario you know and and I don't know if you had to do the sexual harassment thing for work because we work in the same yeah. place but like I had to do that the and I kept of course I did it the last day it was right <laughs> like lazy and it was like this is a quid pro quo thing. and I took yeah a few of the answers i was like this is like both like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i was like oh no this is a quid pro quo it's sexual harassment yeah. in a way um yeah uh, it, yeah so oh i like this because she's like i want to read the deck and he's like i'll read it to you which is like that's not like like you could lie <laughs> like but then he butts out a mead composition notebook and i just thought like the product placement was pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah that's great <laughs> book is exactly like um um it, she donna also says a really weird thing when he does that where he's like you can't take the diary but i will read it to you and she goes acceptable which is, is such a bizarre response and obviously we know she's scheming because we've seen yeah. her talking to maddie about this yeah, already yeah. but it's like it, the whole scene is just very uncomfortable feeling i think on purpose i think it hits what they're going for but it's really kind of odd uh it's funny too because for some reason, I wrote boner killer. So something happens here. Yeah. Like, but what's so, funny is, he's like, okay, I'm gonna Harold. Okay. Is that is that what did it? Well, yeah, it wasn't my boner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what what's funny is I actually made this note. Uh, she's like, she starts talking to him. And she's like, I grew right. up here in Twin Peaks. Where did you grow up? And he goes, I grew up in Boston. Well, actually, I grew up in books. And it's like, oh, so I wrote sensitive man from your MFA says. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, like he gets, which is funny because they're usually predators. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh, okay, we have real like man from your MFA energy happening. Yeah, extremely. Um, there's this interesting line in here. There's things you can't get anywhere, but we dream they can be found in other people, which is like a really interesting thing about, um, 
you know, it's it's really kind of a forced line, but I like it anyway because it, it really kind of describes what the problem is here between Donna and Harold. Like as they're having this conversation, yeah. like there's some form of escape he wants in her. There's some form of closure on the Laura thing she wants from him. Neither really has these things, so like uh, it, it's this. Uh, that's the real curse of the orchid. I think. <laughs> I think we found out what the orchid lack of closure. Yeah, that we truly cannot get everything we yeah. want. It's real Buddhist sort of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's funny though is she bamboozles him and yeah. like steals the, the diary and like takes off with it and she's like I'm outside loser I know it's a kind of ableist <laughs> well it really like, is like she seems like she's doing it her her performance of it is very like I'm doing this fun flirty thing I'm gonna see yeah. what happens you know like and, and it's it, it's clear that her deal is if this goes south i'm just gonna play it off like oh i was just trying to tease it's okay don't worry yeah. about it which is ultimately what happens um yeah. she gets out the door with the diary like haha come out read this with me what's gonna happen and so he comes out and it has like an ultra dramatic like <laughs> starts it's, shaking it's, and yeah it's very like i was like is he a vampire is that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, his arm goes out the door and it's like the sun hits his skin he's like ah <laughs> and he like, like collapses on the ground and presumably she helps him back into the house but what's very interesting to me here is she just lets him have the diary back even though she's obviously still planning to steal it she just point. ran away with it and then never gone yeah. and instead she was like no i need to do this more ridiculous scheme later on like i Which yeah like, it's not gonna go well no <laughs> no you're bad at this i i'm Come yeah learned from the several schemes that you've come up with in the last season that like you're just not a good schemer like, like obviously her intent is to be like okay well maybe if i can steal it secretly later then this won't have this big dramatic problem and he's gonna be like this woman stole this thing from my house but like you've now just proven to him that you're trying to leave with this diary so like why on pisces yeah she's just too guilty feeling all the time she's like oh i'm so sorry here you go and i'm like Ouch, like, Colleen. <laughs> sorry. Hey, look at listen. Lita's a Pisces, okay? <laughs> so I can say these. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fair. Um, but no, it's just like, yeah. But you know what? And then I'm also like, are we to believe that he's faking? Because it's like so overly dramatic. Like he's yeah. like, ah, the outside. That I'm like, like, are we to believe? Like, it, it's not like a I'm you know like emotionally like can't handle this i need to go back inside it's like a physical like i'm on the ground rising like a vamp and like it's very let the right one in which is like one yeah. of my favorite of all time uh but like like i'm gonna explode into flames if the sun hits yeah. me anyway. so i'm and- like is he supposed to be faking and this is just like an elaborate like grift for free food and, sure yeah like, and I, or whatever. I wonder about it too um and the weird shit with harold not a spoiler to say will not end immediately here we're gonna get more of it um and so i i am curious to think about that as we move forward through the series because one of the things twin peaks does is it like because it has this like supernatural undercurrent and some things are just sort of unexplainable or supernatural or something weird is going on beneath the surface and sometimes shit is just regular weird and like the intersection of those things and how you parse them from each other is like a lot of the fun of watching this. I've never really thought too hard about this Harold thing. So I'm going to be paying attention to him as we go through the next couple of episodes. Yeah. I think we said last well. time we've, we both like never sort of considered Harold. As yeah. an important sort of thing. 
uh, the last time we said that both of us never really considered Harold, like, like I almost forget most of this Harold stuff. So it's like watching it again, like as a close sort of watch for the podcast, it's like, oh, I'm picking up a lot of stuff I never considered. Yeah, obviously I remember him. an eye on him Yeah, but it's it's a little more sinister than it is in my memory when I'm watching it back again. And yeah, so it's interesting to pay attention to here. Um, and like you said, we've had guests on this podcast who are like, oh, Harold's a great character. And like, it's interesting that people react to him in different ways. Yeah. 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 It's like Hannah's like, I love my, our former guest Hannah's like, I love my sensitive orchid man. And then Meredith is like, fuck that dude forever. I'm like, all right, we have some polls happening here. Um, anyway, we're going to go back to trial chat. That's what I wrote. Um, night court this is so good because they're talking this is where we start talking about leo and whether or not he is mm-hmm. competent to stand trial and this lawyer guy is like this is my brainwaves a perfectly normal person and i'm like this is weird <laughs> like he's like just to show like the waves of like a the way of a person's brain yeah his his exhibit a of like or his control <laughs> exhibit rather is like basically just himself like just so you know this is what a super smart guy's brain looks like <laughs> I almost feel like we should have your girlfriend on for like the trial stuff. She could be like, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> no one would submit their own brainwaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's like, and as you can see, comparatively, these are Leos, and he's just like basically not really a human anymore. Yeah, I, I wrote that Leo is, has too much brain damage to stay in prosecution, which may or may not be related to his gunshot wound. Uh, it may just be the way I wrote, that he is. I wrote the same thing. I wrote Leo is, Leo, Leo's brain was probably like that in the first place. Like, because <laughs> Leo's just a dumb shit. But I just love how he's like, my brain is super normal. He's <laughs> 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 just so weird. Um, yeah. um, I also so, love, uh, sorry, I also love that both attorneys here uh, are wearing, like, in the Pacific Northwest. These both attorneys are wearing like Colonel Sanders bow ties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like bolos. And totally. <laughs> uh, they're dressed very strangely. They are very, very like Southern gentlemen. Yeah. Which yeah. is a strange thing for- In, in this bizarre setting with inside the roadhouse with like bar. the peanut shells on the ground. Like it's really good stuff. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, Shelly's there obviously because it's Leo adjacent. So she's listening in. Uh, they have a little break and they just booze with the judge at the bar. Like, yeah. like which Sunch mm, saw and she was like, that's called ex parte communication. This is illegal <laughs> what they're doing here. Uh, and like, he's like, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to say that Leo, you can go tell Shelly that I'm going to say Leo is not competent. I'm like, this is not, <laughs> yeah, like, I was thinking of last week when you were like, oh my God, Sanju was like, no, all of this like has actual terms. Ex-party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So like the the judge just like illegally decides to go talk to the law enforcement involved in the case to like talk over his decision with them before he renders it. Like, what do you think about this? Um, he has his his uh, legal assistant slash mistress like, slash whatever she is. Fuck buddy, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get it, in my mixing opinion. up drinks and I. Uh, I wrote this down, a black Yukon sucker punch. It comes out and it's like, it's like got a solid black is the actual beverage itself. And there is like a sort of powder blue foam on the top of it. I started Googling like, what the fuck? Is this a real drink? And I don't think it is, but I think a lot of people have like 
heard and seen it in this show and then have tried to recreate it in <laughs> I found ways. an article. Oh, okay. uh, an article on punchdrink.com, Black Yukon Sucker Punch. In the fifth episode of the second season of Twin Peaks, Agent Cooper encounters Twin Peaks local specialty, the Black Yukon Sucker Punch, a split-level drink with tar-colored bottom and a foamy blue upper. I guess it's blue. Uh, yeah, yeah. New York City bartender brought this cocktail to life with a mix of coffee bean-infused sweet vermouth, bourbon, and creme de cacao, all topped with blue tinted whipped cream. So, and then there's a yeah. recipe. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this. Yeah, we, <laughs> but we I should. Thought it very much was like um, black and tan looking kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, it's a black and tan weird. looking thing with a blue top. Um, it it kind of has an Irish coffee vibe or something like yeah, that when you yeah. see it. But yeah, the blue foam is kind of bizarre. Um, Coop is so suspicious of this drink, he straight up doesn't drink any of it in the <laughs> scene. Uh, like you see the the judge and Harry both take generous sips out of it coop like makes a show of pretending to drink it like he lifts the cup when the other guys are drinking it and then just sort of awkwardly sets it back down on the coaster and then later on in the conversation he does the same thing again where he like takes it and like kind of looks like he's taking a sip but pointedly does not and puts it back down yeah this actually remind that whole scene actually reminded me of this time way back uh at Aiden's dad's like family's house mm -hmm. and Aiden's aunt Carrie who I'm so really close to like we were drinking or whatever and so, I forget who it was but someone was there they were really drunk and they were like let's do these shots we're gonna do these shots and <laughs> he like lined them up and we didn't want to do these shots at all and I remember she looked at me and I looked at her and the guy was like so I forget who it was but he was like super wasted so of course mm -hmm. he did the shot and we were both like and then just put the shot glass back down, didn't drink it at all. And they were yeah. solid shot glasses, so you couldn't see. But she was yeah, just yeah. like, He's like, Yeah, you did shots. <laughs> now you're yeah. and we're like, wow, so super good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I don't know. It was like seriously, probably almost 15 years ago, but it was still something I remember her looking at me like. No, that's a moment. <laughs> that's one of yeah, those. That's one of those gonna, perfect crystals her. of a social I'm moment. Text her right later there. and be like, "Remember that?" That was, and then figure out who it was that was trying to get us <laughs> to drink heavily. Um, I, th I thought this was going to be a short episode, but I was wrong. <laughs> there's a lot of material. <laughs> there's, there's layers. There's texture. Yeah. It's well, you know what it is when we watch it. Like I'm watching it alone, and I'm just like, yeah. Eh, yeah, whatever. And then we start talking about, oh yeah, the one thing we did. <laughs> but then, like, yeah, once we all get together at the party, of course, yeah. every and I'm gonna do that again. Now, this might be this is a kind of detail Colleen would usually catch, but there's a great um, Santa cup in this scene as well. <laughs> yes, there is. I did see it. I just <laughs> didn't write it down. Yeah, I'll text yeah. that to you. I love the we'll, Santa we'll cups. No, out. I'll yeah. have to take a picture of my Santa cups and, and tweet them because I have a lot of them. It's crazy. Very good. Okay, it's bad here. Um, okay, so yeah, so the judge is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, pardon Leo. Like Leo's obviously not. Yeah, he's not fit to stand trial. Um, Harry lets Shelly know. And it's she's a complicated like, cool. moment. Yeah, she's like, oh, I have to pretend to be sad, but also I'm kind of actually sad, but also it's good, but it's not that good. <laughs> it's not a good situation at all. That's a great Santa cup. It's like yeah. a <laughs> Damn fine, uh, yeah, Santa Cup. Like, and hot. He's just like, oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. But she's very gracious about stuff. I think she's a better actress than sometimes she lets on. Um, we cut from here to Wait, Costa. 
No, there's a moment here though that's important before we go to oh, this oh, next yeah. amazing. The judge scene. talking to Coop. The yeah. judge talks to right. Coop and right. he's like, You need to keep your eyes on the woods. And he's like, huh? And he's like, the woods are wondrous here, but strange. And that's definitely like, oh, this this judge who just like rolled in on an RV knows that there's something fucking up with the he woods out shit. there. Yeah. <laughs> and we know we know vaguely at this point, but it's gonna get more heavy that there are things in these woods, like the owls are not what they seem. Something is going on in the woods of Twin Peaks. And it's just funny that this comes from the judge and Coop's like, cool. He's tuned into some shit. And you can yeah, see there's Coop, something. Coop has like a real recognized real moment with him. Like, mm, okay. It's like, I didn't drink your gross drink, yeah. but I yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then yes, we, then we move. We cut from here to Casa de Big Ed. Um, and we, uh, we, <laughs> we get a line that I love where... He's bringing Nadine home, and she just looks at at uh, um, James, and James says something like, uh, "Are you okay?" And then she's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Hard same, Nadine. Like, who is this guy who will Why? not leave this show? Please go, get on your bike and go already." Um, it's funny because Nadine has this super strength that has been hinted at before her uh, suicide attempt. And now she seems to be in this permanent state of thinking she's a teenager. So she gets home and she's like, our mom and dad home? And Ed's like, oh, uh, no, they're, oh. they're out of town. And, and she immediately breaks the fridge door off. <laughs> she comes in holding it and she's like, it just came off. It's like bench presses it a little. Uh, but like they like, rack the footage speed up like for yeah, a brief moment. It so, it's like, so it like makes it look like she's lifting it super fast, but in the most awkward, stilted way possible. It's like that it's like, fight club, like in the certain scenes of fight club where they sped up like yeah. things. And which was which worked well in Fight Club, but didn't work. So it works terribly well. here. They do it anyway. Um. And, and, and James is like, "What the fuck?" Which is like, "Shut up!" First of all, but second of all, yeah, it is weird. Yeah, and like, yeah. it's just I don't want to hear it from you of all people. But Ed's like the doctor said, we just gotta like kind of go roll with the punches and see like where this what happens here. Like who knows what's gonna happen with her? She's just something's wrong so it's a short scene that like they just kind of like shoehorn in to remember that this shit is happening yeah this shit's yeah. happening yeah. and it's funny because with last episode we talked about how like we appreciated the episode because it didn't do that it didn't shoehorn in like oh yeah and Eddie yeah. And, yeah. and james still exists right and like but this one i think they're like oh there's not enough james time this season so far so let's throw him it's like i don't know it's not a great choice no no have not great choices yeah um gonna go to a we go to a problem. Um, again, I don't want to get into this all the way until we have the actual reveal. Um, but we've got Mr. Tojimura, who's obviously not Mr. Tojimura and is somebody else. And if you've been paying attention, you probably do know who he is. But in, in case you don't, let's not give that We're not going to reveal just it. Yet. Yeah. Um, we'll be able to pick it up at this point. I, I will say that in this particular scene, I, I do appreciate that there's an angle here where it's obvious that Tojimura is like, is an imposter of some kind, is not on the level of some kind, but knows to play to Ben's like just immediate greed. Like, yeah. you know, like the shit he's saying doesn't even make sense and not even like a Twin Peaks way. Like it just straight up doesn't make sense. Like he's legally like, doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm from an Asian investment firm. It's like, really? Just That's Asian. as specific as you're going to be? Yeah, exactly. And it's not, like- Not Japanese. Not yeah, 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 yeah. 
So <laughs> let's try that again. I accidentally said a spoiler. Um, <laughs> Mr. Tojimura uh, puts on this front here. It's kind of interesting that like he's not being very specific. It's obvious it's a grift, but he's playing to Ben's uh, selfishness and his immediate greed for what's right in front of him. And so Mr. Tojimura says like, oh, I represent like, Asian investors it is incredibly non-specific and would not fool anybody but then he pulls out this like five million dollar check and Ben's like okay well I'm listening and it's funny too because Ben's like I don't want to talk to this guy you don't have an appointment yeah it's like like very like very like please get the fuck out of my office who are you and then the minute he pulls out that five million dollar check he's like five million huh all right (laughs) well yeah and and it, it it's points pretty clearly to Ben's character weakness who Ben is always running grifts and secret businesses and shit all over the place. But like, you know, he's not even suspicious that this person handed him a false check, but it's for $5 million. <laughs> like you're really just going to go ahead and assume that that's a real thing. Oh, cool. Thanks. It's like yeah. 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 Those- that, thanks. Thanks for the $5 million check. Yeah. That's it's real. Like you get those checks in the mail and it's really just like from a debt consolidated. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Colleen Hefner, yeah. $6 million. <laughs> it's like, no. It's addressed to like lay M card holder or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like, oh, now you have my attention and then it ends, which is nice in my opinion. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> um, basically also like it's, it's I want to buy the ghost with estates. The ones yeah. that, and, yeah, and again, the, the, yeah. prob- problematic stuff aside, like I don't care about this. <laughs> like it's just, you know, right. what, Point. yeah Nothing that fills my boner more than the ghostwood chat so. <laughs> yeah that yeah the upshot basically is it and it's kind of unclear where they leave off as far as this being a business deal but ben's obviously listening at this point because there's money right in front of his face tojimura seems to be trying to swoop the ghostwood deal after ben has cooked up this whole giant conspiracy to collect the insurance on it and sell it off to somebody else so it's another complicating factor in this very boring subplot yeah <laughs> um so luckily here we go back to the great northern where like literally everyone is there like i think like bobby runs one way and yeah. and like uh hank runs this way and coop's over here and i'm like why is everyone just like party like coop makes sense he has a room there but like yeah um is Ben supposed to be spying on Hank? I don't know because I don't think they even go back to it. Because he like ducks out of sight so that Hanks doesn't see him. Yeah, I'm like, why is like Bobby there? And I don't think that Well Well, we're we're gonna know more about what Bobby's doing hanging around the Great Northern later. So there but not this episode. Not this episode. Not this episode. It's kind of a pointless add-in and it doesn't really there's no mystery really at this point about it. Um, it's not important that he's here, but he is doing shady shit at the Great Northern. We will learn eventually. Um, anyway, what is important here is that Hank, or rather Cooper, is on his way to meet with Ben about this complicated money handoff thing to get Audrey back. And Hank is obviously, Hank, a.k.a. Dingus, as he is known on this podcast, is obviously tailing him. Um, and he goes into like a little back room entrance uh, to uh, Ben's office to let him know, hey, Coop's coming in for this meeting. Uh, this is the important meeting that Ben was trying to kick Tojimura out of his office about. Um, Coop shows up at the exact moment that Ben gets the phone call uh, uh, relating to this 
money handoff from Jean Renault. And it's, he's like, well, you could have, you, you cut it really close there, buddy. <laughs> and Coop just kind of like ices him. <laughs> he just like chills out on the couch. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my notes here are very vague. So uh, I wrote like Hank following Coop in trouble. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I remember this, but I also don't know why I wrote yeah, that. So, so, so the, again, not a lot that we get extra here. Um, we do get what John Renault's plan is, which is we're going to, you're going to leave the money at this abandoned, his wording is very interesting in the scene as it always is. His character is just great. Well-performed, well-written. He's like, you're going to leave the money or behind when I jacks is a failed amusement park. Leave it next to the horse with no head. Like just and so he's like giving these extremely specific instructions about where to make the money handoff. Um, of course, we know at this point already that Coop is not planning to even go, but you know, Jean doesn't know that yet, and neither does Ben. Um anyway, the deal here is Ben forks over the money filled suitcase to coop with the idea that coop is going to go exchange this for audrey horn then ben turns around and goes to that back door to his office to talk to dingus and is like hey follow coop the ideal scenario here is coop dies because i know that's why these guys want him and then you get the money back because they don't really need it and i don't give a shit as long as you can get audrey he's like so number one priority get audrey back number two priority and like almost number one priority is also get my money back. <laughs> so like Hank is like his, in, his insurance policy to make sure that he winds up with all the stuff that he wants out of this scenario, even though he's knowingly sending Coop in to be a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Coop, however, is not planning to be a sacrificial lamb. He knows it's a setup, obviously. And he's going to try to circumvent this at One-Eyed Jack's based on his discovery of Audrey's letter earlier in the episode. So that sort of sets up the action scene that's going to, we're not quite there yet, but it's going to take up most of the back end of this episode. Um, yeah. So I got distracted for a second there. I was listening. Yeah, I, I would, no, I was just running through the recap so that we don't need to re-explain all that crap right. when we I get definitely, to this. Um, I definitely was listening, but however, I got dis- I was tweeting that we were recording and I got distracted by the fact that the, the actual roadhouse is in danger of closing and they have a GoFundMe. So I oh, no. I will be... I do not want it to close. No, we we gotta go fund that. Yeah, like (laughs) it's important. So anyway, um, so yeah, okay. So this is all like, oh, Coop's gonna die, and Coop doesn't have a yeah, yeah. So it's a but we've got but if Hank is following Coop, he's gonna know Coop's not going to the money drop off place. So this might get back to Ben. There's a lot of there's a lot of like chefs in the kitchen here right now and we're gonna see how it plays out too many (laughs) and and, Um, you know it kind of ends the same way that too many cooks um let's see so we cut to donna and maddie scheming um i wrote will this caper work (laughs) (laughs) it never does um Um, they're they're talking about like they're basically like we need to get this diary and matt and donna's like okay he keeps this diary in a secret drawer. Like it looks like a drawer, but you have to open it in a certain way. And it's like complicated. And it's really hard for me to get him out of that room. So what I want you to do is we're going to go see him. You're going to stay back. I'm going to like get him out of that room 
using my boobs or something, <laughs> my feminine wiles, boobs. And yeah, I would that, laugh. that's what those are, right? <laughs> I, yeah, definitely, definitely, yes, it works. Um, I'm gonna frantically flash a flashlight at you when it's safe, and <laughs> and you're gonna sneak in and you're gonna get it, right? And that's the deal. Like it, it just yeah, you're gonna sneak in there. and secretly get. You're going to secretly get this object that I already tipped him off that I'm trying to steal earlier in the episode. <laughs> like not thinking things clearly through at all. Um, so they're like, that's what we're going to do. So let's fucking do it. Right. And then it's just kind of, that's, it's a very cut and dry. Like this is the plan. And then it cuts to one chance. So it cuts we, don't to one chance. we don't have to talk about Maddie and Donna all that. Um, Jean Renault is chatting with Blackie here. What, we get is that he is planning to murder Coop with the dagger from Assassin's Creed that like pops out of your sleeve. I wrote okay, so I don't play Assassin's Creed, but I wrote <laughs> I wrote some real. It's like a, a taxi driver apparatus. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taxi right. driver, yeah. it's guns. Like he has it, and he can fling his arms forward, and guns come yeah, out. Yeah. Right? It's pretty rad. Here, it's a, it's apparently like the video game. It's a knife. So he's like, I'm going to get the, the suitcase and as i do i'm gonna he's, go when he grabs the suitcase he's gonna trigger this wrist mechanism that shoots out a knife and will i mean i'm trying to consider how this would work in physical action if he's handing grabbing it from coop's hand what he's gonna get is he's gonna stab coop's hand with this yeah knife. It's like, that's so not, I, I, yeah like there. i mean it, it's a surprise element it will give him the jump on it but that's not a killing blow under most no, circumstances right. so unless you like coop, well throw a firecracker at him while you're doing yeah it. It, <laughs> unless unless coop is like handing him the suitcase with his mouth and then maybe he can get Ooh. like a throat shot well, there or something no i do have to say that this this scene is super horny yes so like so I, like maybe that's what he's hoping for he's, yeah he's, i don't know yeah I, I also put the no, Jesus, these people are perverts in this scene. So. Like some blacky stuff, and, and she's like, and then like she's, you know, her sister. She's like, why do you want to date my sister instead of me? And then he's like, <laughs> I think his literal line is something new. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> totally really new. <laughs> like weird French accent. Yeah, yeah. Hong Hong Hong. Yeah. Um, um I I don't feel like anything really important happens here. They, in they this want to show scene. off that thing. That's all. Yeah, yeah. They want to show off his little knife contraption. We see that there's some continued playing between Jean and Blackie about who's really in charge, who's like masterminding the scheme. Um, he, uh, the sister comes in. She has a great like kind of like cowboy fringed trench coat thing that she's wearing it's really bizarre but it looks cool um there's like a really like needlessly horny exchange between her and john where they're like they're both like ha i have knives i have a secret knife sleeve you have a secret leg knife like we're we're doing secret knife shit here um it's really weird it it sets up exactly one moment later in the episode um I don't know. It doesn't really it's, do anything. Yeah, about. it's whatever. Uh, we're gonna go to some Andy, <laughs> which is it was cute. Andy is calling. He's like manning the phones, and he's, yeah, <laughs> he's calling the doctor's office to get like an update on his sperm's test from last episode. Uh, and what's really funny is like he's talking to the, the receptionist and he's trying to be discreet about it. And she's like, I don't understand what the fuck you're talking. But then. She's 
him like he's a child. She's <laughs> she's like, okay. Yeah. So basically, uh, without getting too into it, it, it's really funny, but it's like something you have to actually watch to get like how funny it is. Apparently, like, so he had had a low sperm count before, and the doctor was like, "You should do this and this, and maybe it'll like up your sperm count." So, before his, he's like, "Oh, my issue was I had too few sperms," <laughs> and she's like, "Well, now, like, if you think about it, it's like too few. Now it's like a whole town of them, and like, it's a whole the, damn town." Was the, the phraseology? So, so he's basically like, "I'm a whole damn town," and he's like turns to Harry and tells yeah, him that. Harry who's like, walking by and who does not have the context of the rest of this conversation, <laughs> he turns to Harry and goes, I'm a whole damn town. And Harry just smiles at him like, like the way that a mom smiles at a kid with a toy truck. who's like, hey, look at me. Mom, look what I'm doing. Mom, look. Like Harry gives him that exact facial expression. Just Real mom up. energy. Um, so and, and funny. I just cackled funny. when I saw that. What's also funny is the, the lady he's talking to like sir i have to go and just like, <laughs> like i don't have time for this sperm shenanigans so basically what we have learned is that uh andy is no longer considered basically sterile. so the chances of him being lucy's baby father is now it's at much least possible yeah than it was uh earlier um so yeah so he's excited about that um Meanwhile, we have some scheming happening between Coop and Harry about like tonight's plan to go get Audrey. And I'm not really sure like if anything interesting is here, but what I did notice is as they were leaving, there's like a huge NRA poster on the wall. And I was like, really? <laughs> I, I mean, that was kind of weird. <laughs> like, yeah, it is weird, although probably regionally appropriate for <laughs> super rural. But it's just like you BMW. don't have any sort of like real life, like, like, political like gun group stuff except for happening. the nra <laughs> but like for some reason the nra just has like a gigantic poster on the bulletin board and i was like yeah. that's disappointing yeah yeah i it's want a little to be the only cops that i'm into besides sipowitz there, there's there's a couple small things in this scene that gets set up for later um first of all we have coop like drawing ideas on he just has a floor plan of one-eyed jacks i don't know if the idea is that he drew this from memory when they infiltrated it before in the gambling uh thing with big ed or whatever or if he just like how does he just have a printed out drafted blueprint of this illegal hidden place i don't know I it see, i uh, kind of yeah. feel like he did just kind of draft it from yeah memory and, and maybe that. that's supposed to be what's happening but it's still kind of weird he's just like drawing on this little like well-drafted map about here's where i think they're going to be holding audrey well i like the idea that he drew this from memory but then like drafted a nice version instead of yeah. just drawing it like with a pen on a napkin yeah. which is something i would do right right or like in like <laughs> i know there's no cell phones that them but like in like your notes app i'm like okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i have a lot of weird drawings in my um notes app but but yeah so he's like this is just the, the plan uh the other thing that happens here um hot comes in he's like i've been tracking the one-armed guy found out he's staying at this recent motel we found that he's still been using this drug that he left behind in the uh um uh in the police office before we don't really know what that's about yet, but it will be something we talk about in the next couple of episodes. Um, and it does seem to imply that he's found this guy. And uh, Harry pulls a really like, Hawk, I'll see you in the morning. 
like go to bed. The big boys are are doing some. The mommy yeah. and daddy are doing some important mommy and daddy things right no now. No one, no one has time for you actually trying to like do police work. Crime <laughs> yeah, that yeah. we're actually doing. We have other cool stuff happening. And, and Hawk, Hawk being basically the only competent uh, police officer on the show, or at least the only one who's interested in doing police work, I should say. Um, <laughs> Coop is competent, so is Legit Harry. Legit police. Uh, yeah, Hawk like gives him a look that's like, I know literally exactly what you're doing, and he's like, "All right, good night then." Heads <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's about all that's important that happens there. Um, well, what happens, it goes back to Andy real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. post-it notes everywhere, which I yeah, assume I are like Lucy's like, do this, do that. Like, yeah, yeah. Again, he's he's like, he's, you know, on a day where we're still tracking multiple murderers in <laughs> Twin Peaks, and we're also about to go do a secret Bookhouse Boys raid of a of a illegal brothel. Yeah, we can just afford to use one of our officers to man the desk today. We don't even need to hire the tech. One of our well-known officers, <laughs> yeah. one of those like randos that like have boxes all the time. But also it's funny because it's very much like the energy, like when when Homer and and Fam rent out Ned's like beach house and it's like put ice in ice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, put food in me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like overly... But here is where he um, wants to contact Lucy at her sister's house for, um, you know, to be like, hey, that baby's probably mine. And uh, finds the sister's phone number. I don't really understand the reasoning behind this, but he finds the sister's phone number. But when he calls, it's actually an abortion clinic. And he's like, oh, no. Specifically titled Adam's Abortion Clinic. (laughs) As yeah, if yeah, it wouldn't right. be like parenthood, right. blah, I blah, blah. Like <laughs> abortion clinic. But the thing is, she has it like she's like my sister's phone number, and it's like, why would she yeah. do that though? It's like I left this for an emergency, like right, right. But but like, because it seems to me like she left the number for as like, oh, if you need me, contact me here. Maybe she just like looked up the number and wrote it down and like didn't want to write Abo Clinic, right. so she yeah. wrote like you know my. But like the thing is, it's like she left it there i know it's like kind of under like a, the phone or something but she left it there and it's like well, what if someone really needed you <laughs> right <laughs> oh my god she's moonlighting as an abortionist or something i don't know like it's yeah. just weird it's very weird. weird weird energy weird way for andy lucy. to find out about it yeah also it's just lucy so it's, it, also, it's yeah. basically a vehicle for andy to be like oh no she's gonna go get an abortion which yeah you know we'll revisit that in a bit so yeah uh here i want to always mention this uh it cuts from here and it shows the street light and and i just think it's important Mm -hmm. to to kind of document whenever that happens uh and we go to the double r where james is eating like the like a sandwich like an asshole (laughs) like it's probably a fine sandwich but because it's james i'm it's a very assholish way to eat a sandwich yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and he's like brooding as usual and maddie comes in and he starts like straight up grilling her and it's like, dude, just because you kissed her once doesn't yeah. mean that you get to like be privy. It's very much teenage boy, like, like I need to know what you're, you're not privy to this information. This is none of your business. Why are you here? I'm right. But she's also being very deliberately terse with him too. It's it's yes. very high school drama energy between them, which makes sense because that is what's between them. Yeah, but, and, and yeah. it's fine, but he's also like, she's just, obviously she doesn't want to talk to him. She's like, I'm yeah. just gonna coffee for uncle leland he's like you don't have coffee at home it's like dude none of this is your business yeah. shut up where have you been 
You don't even know what yeah. we're steaming. It's like, do you do you not have sandwiches at home, James? Why the fuck are you here then? Yeah. You don't even have a home, loser. Your dad's a musician. <laughs> um, your home is the gazebo. <laughs> do you have sandwiches in your gazebo? Um, so, so basically she's like, look, he's like, I can't talk right now. I have to go. She just wants her fucking coffee, right? And he's like, I will stalk you. Like, yeah. She leaves and he's like, I will not eat the sandwich. I will do a light stocking. He does the thing where he like throws the money on the counter and runs off clearly to pursue her and figure out what she's yeah. doing. It's very quick. It's not, uh, it's not super like whatever. I wrote Donna. So this is the, this, we go from here to the scene where Donna tells Harold the story about partying with older boys. Yeah, with they're Laura. 13. They're, she's and like 13 like, or 14. They're partying with 13. dudes who are like 20-ish. She says they're 13 20. or 14. Um, okay. And then they're partying with these guys that she says are 20-ish. It's real gross. But it's also a really well done scene, I feel like. Very well done yeah, scene. Yeah, like the performance is good. The way she tells the story is good. The way it's, it's sort of- It's the horniest story in the world. Ever. Which is like not yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. It's like definite, like, like- statutory rape story well, yeah. I mean, like yeah. like she's like we made out with it like whatever there's not really an implication that they like phoned or anything but yeah. like it's yeah. very like inappropriate yeah um, it's very inappropriate but it i think that comes through in the story i think it's very like she kind of describes her own confusion and feelings in the situation and like the sort of vulnerability she experienced and this way that she's kind of doing I don't want to retell the whole thing. It's better to just watch it, but she's kind of doing this brinksmanship thing with like, Laura is going to, and we know from her history, she's like, she's a partier. She's a drug user. Like she, she may be hooking up with these dudes. Like it, it's a little sketchy. Um, and Donna is doing this brinksmanship thing where she wants to have the sort of freedom and experience and worldliness that Laura has, but also, you know, is, maybe knows it's better that she doesn't do that and yeah. is like trying to sort of hedge something where she has something she can take from one of these stories that is hers and it's this like encounter she has with this boy here um it's very vulnerable it's a very weird scene but very it's well, well acted well acted well sure. performed um, um i i want to also make note that she's like okay we were only, we were about 13 or 14 and it's definitely like laura is spearheading this act right yeah yeah and i want people to think about that for when we get into fire walk with me yes because because the age thing is a very specific thing that i don't want to talk about right now but this is definitely like a this is when laura started acting the way that she did and there's like reasonings behind that so so that struck me but also <laughs> well it is a well acted scene from donna which like I'm touch and go with Donna, but also like Harold is the most horned up person in the universe listening to this. For real, yeah. Like, like with, he has this look on his face like. <gasps> which, which again, to me, feels like a very deliberate way to paint him as skeevy in this situation. Skeevy. Like he, he should be like, that's super inappropriate. Yeah, like, like 20 like, year old men shouldn't be fucking with 13 year old girls. And, and then yep. he's like, I am two seconds away from jacking off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, and and it, you know, Donna is supposed to be older here than in the story she recounts and so forth. But Harold is significantly older than her, than or her. he <laughs> is, and it's like so. It's a similar dynamic where he, and and we can maybe think because we know Donna is manipulating him. She may have chosen this story on Worry. purpose to yeah. like sort of get at. I know what's this dynamic is. I'm familiar with it, and he just sort of 
buys into it. <laughs> Instead, he just he kind of. <laughs> He goes, that was beautiful. And I was like, yeah. no, it wasn't. That was like a <laughs> that was like a really inappropriate story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like from a meta standpoint, the way it's communicated in the scene is kind of beautiful, but like right. not not from Harold being like, <laughs> I'm sitting here like <laughs> taking advantage of this girl. It's so yeah, weird. It's, yeah, it's really skeevy. And I like how like it ends with like ash slowly falling from her cigarette onto the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ooh, romantic. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. Um, but she's definitely, it's funny, she is definitely manipulating him in a way that he is trying to manipulate her. It's, it's yeah, she knows her. what she's doing. But I, I will say, I don't think in previous views, like beyond the Harold good or bad, beyond the issues with Donna as a character throughout the series, um, I don't think I really picked up on how kind of skillful the, like, um, the kind of just back and forth between these two is and the way each is trying to get the upper hand on the they're other. Playing each other uh, yeah. yeah. They're playing each other and it's very intense. And like, you can tell when one of them is winning and one of them is losing. I kind of, I, I don't feel like I picked up on that dynamic as much in the past as I am on this watch through. Um, We're going to go to one eye jacks from here. <laughs> and first of all, Coop looks good. He's in all black. It's like a turtleneck. Coop He's is looking Coop is showing Every time up. he goes there, he looks good. Coop is showing up to this raid like he's fucking Steve Jobs about to announce a new version of the iPhone. <laughs> like he is. Uh, Harry just looks like shit, but he's also wearing all black. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, they just like straight up busting heads. Yeah, it's, so this is an excellent scene. Yeah, so what the fuck is this move that Harry does to knock this first guy out? They're like trying to get in the back way to one eye jacks. There's like one dude in like a suit, not really paying attention, who appears to be a bouncer type. And Harry does this thing where he comes up and he either because of the angle of the camera it's difficult to interpret but he literally either he punches the student in the gut or maybe he grabs his nuts it's like a little yeah, both. yeah I yeah, think, yeah. Uh, he goes in the gut and then down and grabs. yeah and, and, on and then and, then, and yeah. then when the guy is like oh he like shoves like a ball in his mouth and then tapes it over yeah. like he's gagging him and then like the dude is dispatched like this move somehow kills the man <laughs> Talk about horny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's straight up one of the strangest things like they could have possibly done. No, that's I, the house boy way. Yeah, I mean maybe it is, man. It, it's it's almost on the level of like the Vulcan neck pinch kind of thing, you know? Like it's just so goofy and specific, and like uh. I I don't know what to make of it, particularly in the kind of like the subtle performance-based beauty of like Donna telling that story right. in the immediately previous scene. And then just like Harry grabs this dude's balls and like <laughs> takes his mouth shut and it kills Isn't him. Isn't there a recurring uh, gag in like MacGruber or something where he keeps like punching people in the balls or something? I think so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> it sounds um, right. I God, I can't remember the last time I, I watched I just watched MacGruber. it over the summer, but yeah, it's... <laughs> it's designed not to be remembered correctly yeah. it's fine um, and and so okay so they i think he like uses the guy's head to like open the doors too like, yeah, like, something he pushes him into the door lane. that's right and it like yeah. knocks the doors open the whole thing is so strange oh. oh it's just so strange yeah um so then so they're they're sneaking through um you know the one eye jacks like through the hallways and stuff the wallpaper again looks great 
Coop showed up with his handwritten map quest directions. He's just like straight up like reading his like map that he wrote while like other people are carrying on and partying in the halls. Like these two guys in all black are wandering around looking at a map. Nobody really seems to care. <laughs> to be fair, there's um, lots of imbibing and drugs and yeah, sex everyone's... work and stuff going on. So, you know, nobody's <sighs> really paying attention. It's fine. But I, I do think it's really funny that Coop is like, uh, it says after three miles, turn left. on the <laughs> Is there like why? <laughs> oh, did we miss it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it cuts to Jean Renault, and he, I think it's Jean, they're preparing yeah. a hot shot for Audrey. That's what that's called, which is like a, you know, like this is a shot of drugs that's going to kill her, basically. Yeah. I was okay. Um, and that's like shocking. <laughs> or what? Yeah. It's like, oh, Audrey's in, in terrible danger at this point. Yeah, right? this is, it's not great. It's not looking good for her. Um, and um, uh, we're gonna go back to wait. Are are you about to talk about the Maddie thing and Donna? Yeah, I just want to say before before we. I just want to say before we cut away from this, the way we get this quick uh, scene with Renault and Blackie here is that uh, um, Harry has found them and he's like peeking in, so he's got his eye on it. They are setting this thing up. But Harry's Harry sees it. He's surveying while Coop goes on to like continue to try to find Audrey and bust her out. So that's the setup for what happens next with these guys. That's right. That's right. Um, we do go now to to uh, Donna trying to seduce Harold with like some orchid talk. <laughs> so they're in his like in his little greenhouse part of his apartment, which is like I don't still don't understand. But um, and he's like, oh, you know, like pollination happens sometimes and she's like wow really and then it's like, it's like basically a stamen like, is the dick I of guess. the plant <laughs> <laughs> right, doesn't this make you horny is this the curse of the is this the curse daddy. of the orchid yeah um yeah i guess it is but so, uh, he like takes her hand and like instead of kissing her hand the way or like her fingers the way like would be kind of sexy he like kisses her paws it's like doing like the the face-off style face waterfall thing that they're always doing (laughs) in that movie it's really bizarre (laughs) and but i mean like maybe that's just how harold like people i don't know it's weird it's not sexy he he also has an interesting habit here which i want to get to which is that (laughs) I don't know exactly how Donna thought this was going to play out. I don't know if she was hoping like at some point he's going to have to like go take a shit or something. And they would just have like (laughs) five to 10 uninterrupted minutes of time. Maybe she's hoping he's consuming so much alcohol. He's really going to have to be hitting that bathroom pretty hard. Um, By the way, throughout this whole thing, he's always drinking wine in like every single scene that he's in. Like the time of day, where he's at, whatever. He never seems like he's shit faced, but he's always drinking. Um, but he's not shit alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. It's because that's just his default state. Um, so but what happens is basically they have this like kind of awkwardly, vaguely like I don't I don't dare call it sexy, but it's something between them. And then his immediate reaction is uh, I have to go run to the bathroom. To what? Like J.O. or something? Like what is the, <laughs> yeah. what's the implication? Well, see, see, what I was wondering is like, how far was Donna willing to go here? Was yeah, yeah. Be- what was? But that's what I'm asking. Like, what was yeah. the plan? Because yeah. like he conveniently wants to run off to the 
I said I, I assume he's fetching a prophylactic is what I wrote. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote that. I too was drinking last night. Yeah, well, he comes back with something, but it's still really weird. It's it's, it's like still I gotta go like, get a condom so I can fuck you in the orchid room. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing is really weird. He runs off and Donna reacts to this as though she was planning for it to happen, which is what's really strange about it. But then she runs out to do her extremely awkward flash a light signal. <laughs> Um, really really obvious like yeah, everyone in that part in that trailer park Maddie, like, yeah maddie is just chilling in the woods with her starbucks cup waiting for this thing to flash and then <laughs> her venti uh, yeah, yeah her venti <laughs> double r coffee um and she like so she sees it she runs in and then instead of just like trying to do this thing quickly or efficiently, she starts fucking with the cabinet, but she doesn't really know where the knob is. So Donna is just like standing there in the green room, which has a weird window into the rest of the apartment. <laughs> Everything about this, this like setup mechanically is so strange. And instead of just going out and doing it and running away or just like actually indicating to her, Donna is making these like useless je- hand gestures at Maddie through the window and Maddie can't figure out the bookshelf. And it's just so agonizing to watch this play out. It's like clong, clong, clong. It's like the loudest yeah, it's like the loudest thing somehow. Yeah, she, she, she finally finds the knob and it's like the loudest and most awkward thing in the world. Um, and then Harold comes back maybe with his prophylactic um, and he's like, I've got a flower for you. And Donna's like, Oh, we're definitely not stealing anything from you. It's okay. No stealing. We're nobody stealing. Nobody else. We're is not stealing. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and it's like just the least chill possible in responding to him. And so he's immediately like something's up. And then Maddie successfully fishes the diary out of the drawer and then just turns and stares awkwardly at both Donna and Harold through the window that's inside of his apartment. <laughs> it's so, so weird. Overly, the, the the takeaway is the caper did not work. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to, but it didn't. So, but real quick, we do cut from that because it's like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to Coop. Now, he, Nancy tries to attack Coop here, right? Because she's like, I see Coop. And he does this amazing, like, grabs her arm spin move. Yeah. Where he, yeah. Like, and I'm like, wow, that was graceful. Like, his his movements with Nancy, because it doesn't end there, are all very well done. They it look like a dance. Yeah. It's very yeah, it's choreographed. Really, like, very, yeah. It's very scent of a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so he's obviously looking for Audrey, uh, Let's see. Uh, she tries to stab him, and he like, hurts yeah. His head. yeah. It's like yeah, really so good. He's he's trying to wake up Audrey from her drug induced slumber. Um, she's like, my prayers are answered because she's all awkward and drugged out, and she's in love with Coop. Um, probably would have said that anyway. Yeah, it probably would have anyway because she's terrible. Um, like. So Nancy starts to pull out her secret leg knife that we saw in her like weird makeout scene with Jean Renault earlier, <laughs> but Coop can see it because the room is like festooned with mirrors. So the it's like, room. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's, it's just like super obvious. He just like watches her pull the knife out and waits for her to walk around to where he's at and then just casually grabs the knife out of her hand. It's so good. Every, every part of this whole scene is just excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But I wrote, he's on the ball with Nancy. He knows what's going on. He knows what's up. Um, meanwhile, oh, by the way, it is, getting... it is pretty funny that when he grabs the knife from her, he punches her one time in the stomach and she goes right. unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's some technique going around in the It cuts from here to uh, obviously Harry is still spying on Jean Reno and Blackie, who are like super hot and horny here. This is a really horny episode for yeah, like really reasons is. that aren't aren't really earned in my yeah. um I mean that's kind of Jean's deal. So I mean that in and of itself makes sense to me, but there's a lot of weird things going on. Horniness. Right yeah. But yeah. this horniness though is a is a cover up because he's fucking flat out kills her he, he owns her with her. the assassin's creed knife oh actually this is a pretty good weapon he just so like maybe, totally takes her out maybe he was never actually meant for a coup may and not it, have been yeah yeah maybe who knows and it was just like i'll get you with this like, or it was always part of the plan to kill her with it anyway i don't know but yeah it's just clearly like earlier in the episode we get that part of the deal that they're cutting with involving her in the kidnapping is that she's going to get to run what i jacks after john's collected his payment but he seems to be happy to run it himself so he just kills her he's like you <laughs> know like, what i decided that's yeah, not good he's yeah like, I just, kill you. yeah um so he takes her out harry is like just watching it through the window he's it's like, like i'm not gonna stop that. it's like very gross because he murders her while he's like making out with her and then like John like looks up and like she's bleeding out of the mouth and he's got blood on his mouth because he was making out with her when he stabbed her. It was like the <laughs> grossest fucking thing ever. Um, Whatever, he's dedicated to his crap. And then <laughs> he notices Harry who has just watched this murder take place and has decided to handle it by sitting there, continuing to watch <laughs> through the mirror. I mean, again, he's trying to be sneaky but he's not sneaky enough because then John just sees him and pulls out a silenced pistol that does the little cute pew, 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 pew sound pew, effects pew, and he tries pew. to shoot at him. Uh, Harry just kind of sits there and waits until it seems like he's gone. <laughs> What's funny is he shoots him through this window, right? Yeah. And Harry, instead of like anything, just kind of goes... Harry ducks like, for like, cover ducks which makes sense the corner but it's also draws like, his gun hurt. yeah 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 <laughs> it, it, like if that dude had wanted to kill him he just would have come around the corner and shot him now yeah yeah, yeah. It's harry, like, harry draws out <laughs> harry draws his heat but then he just he goes in the corner he pops back out seems like he's gone he's like cool um like coop is running out with audrey and like the oh, fireman's sure, carry yeah. Yeah. yeah and then harry's like hold on and then he looks through the window one more time to make sure he's like really gone. And then he's like, okay, we're good. Come on. <laughs> um, so then he starts to lead them out. And oh, our only weakness, one random guy with a gun <laughs> is in the hallway. And he's like, I see that you iced my other friend here with your patented uh, ball in the mouth technique. Um, you need to put the gun down. Uh, <laughs> he's like, okay. And then homie just dies. He just dies because Hawk is standing behind him and threw a single knife directly into his spinal column. And Hawk is wearing like a Baja sweatshirt and khaki pants. It's like it's just everything about it is so incredible. And then he has like a quip. He's like, you guys can't keep a secret. Yeah. And they're like, 
Aww. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like standing in this pile of corpses. Audrey is in like a drug-induced coma. And they're like, hawk, you little stinker. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You followed us, didn't you? Uh, it's so it's so like, funny. Everyone's um, dead. John's gone. Like, <laughs> like I assume Blackie's dead from the single stomach. Yeah, probably dead. Um, <laughs> seems pretty dead the way that scene ended. Um, <laughs> what so we funny. get, what we get is, um, we cut to Dingus who has one of those cartoonish like 1990s mobile phones or something. He's like <laughs> a Zach Morris phone. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, like, with the, the the, it's like the size of a fucking cinder block. And he's like <laughs> calling uh, Ben Horn to be like, Oh, the situation is totally, but uh, they like infiltrated. <laughs> yeah. They didn't hand off the money. I don't even know where that shit is. Um, we're like, you know, they infiltrated one eyed Jack. Some people are getting shot. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Um, and then, uh, Dingus for the second episode in a row ends up his plot line getting totally owned where Jean is just like shoves a gun in his back and is like hmm what's going on here the, uh, what what are you the guy that's making this problem for me and he pulls the fake fucking wallet he stole from the prosecutor out he's like you're not this guy that guy's way fatter <laughs> which is such a weird thing for this point of like the the criminal mastermind is getting away and he's catching the other criminal who's spying on coop's rescue operation and he's just like you stole this fat guy's wallet <laughs> and end of their plot line for this episode <laughs> that's the note it finishes on so oh weird it's so funny it's such a yeah. good sequence uh unfortunately the episode doesn't end there which no. is cool but you know we go back to fucking harold's house where donna has like no fucking game face at all no chill yeah <laughs> so i i accidentally I'm so started horny. describing Are you so horny? yeah yeah i accidentally started describing this scene earlier because i couldn't remember exactly where the cut was but basically yeah donna has no chill Maddie has no chill. Maddie winds up with the uh, diary, but doesn't seem to have any idea how to walk out the door. So uh, she just sort of freezes holding the diary. And um, yeah, and Harold kind of freaks out. And Harold and Donna go through two separate doors that separate <laughs> the greenhouse from the rest of the apartment. I, who designed this shit? This scene is so weird. The way the set is designed is so weird. I don't understand it's it at like, all. It's like very much like Buffalo Bill house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vision. Like, it's like, I don't understand the layout of this at all. But okay. So, uh, so Harold's been double-crossed and he's mad. Uh, and he's like, are you looking for secrets? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess. Like, oh my. Uh, it's, I don't know. This whole thing is just, I can't stand Harold. It's just so bizarre. It's terrible. So there, so the, so the camera angle here, uh, this is the last note I have for this, is like crooked. And like, and I'm like, is this meant to like symbolize like Harold's insanity? Like he- The has, Dutch angle. Yeah, he has like uh, one of those like gardening tools that are like the three, like it's like a little rake. I don't know what they're actually called. Like I have 90 of them and I don't yeah. know, but you know, like a little, little gardening thing. rake thing. Yeah, like a little gardening thing with the three. And he's like, oh, why did you come here for secrets? <laughs> <And it's laughs> like crooked. And it's a battlefield and earth he, looking ass camera shot. And he's <laughs> like, I'll show you 
secrets. And then he like cuts his face with it. And it's very clearly like already has blood on the tip. So when he breaks it, it like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The special effecting is really bad. It's it's also it's also the most like hot topic guy. Like, I'll show you secrets. (laughs) Fake blood on my face. I cut myself to feel. Yeah. (laughs) While listening to mechanical animals but Marilyn's I don't know it's really stupid and it's all like ah and then it just like kind of ends, it just ends. <laughs> yeah it just straight up ends on that note it's like it's, it's it's clearly supposed to be like a shocking visual but the way it plays out is just so weird that it feels like the fuck was that <laughs> it's like are, are Maddie and Donna in grave danger from this dude that that no offense like like to anyone but he's like super weak looking he's a like, weird like, like he's donna and maddie like their combined stupidity could easily overtake him like just hit him with like a lamp or like, something like listen there die. there are a few enough people to begin with who wear linen pants who are also threatening <laughs> harold is not among them you know <laughs> like also take so, yeah, so, step out the door You're yeah yeah and he'll like explode <laughs> into like it's like that scene fairy when, like, dust the right one in when like they put up the 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 hospital blinds and she like explodes into this like fire like i feel like harold's just like a moments away from like exploding into fire at any moment like an extremely overacted alexander skarsgård in the light in true blood scene like hey Hey, I love True Blood. Any- I've seen every fucking episode of True Blood. I never Blood, watched so- the last season. Well, then you missed watch. Alexander Skarsgård's dick. So. No, I didn't. No, that I'm sure she did. Oh, was it the second to last season? And do you think that if I had heard his dick was out, I wouldn't have found that? Come on. Oh, God, he's good looking. Anyway. Yeah, he is. Beautiful man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful the man. Beautiful person. It was like, I would risk it all for anyway i would not risk it all for harold is the point yes nobody so, would <laughs> not even done kind of like this kind of a cliffhanger ending and uh i'm looking forward to talking about the next episode because it starts in such a madcap way yes i kept watching last night and i was like really that uh i am very excited for demons which is the name of that episode but we never get to what this orchid's curse is but i guess the orchid's curse is horniness <laughs> if i were to guess is that matt is that the episode title there <laughs> you know i actually did a little kind of googling to see if anyone had takes on what the orchid's curse meant and i, yeah. I didn't find anything weird oh, no i wonder i'll have to like that i guess like search reddit because they're always like dissecting everything <laughs> like even things that don't need to be dissected um not for the first time reddit let me down no <laughs> So anyway, that's that's what a unique experience. (laughs) That's the episode. Um, so we got you know Audrey hopefully is saved. Uh, Harold might kill some people. Um, or himself, uh, himself most realistically. Lucy, hopefully Lucy didn't go through with her abortion though. (laughs) To be fair, Adam's abortion clinic. (laughs) Adam's abortion clinic. I'm trying to think of like a, like, you know, like you kill them, we grill them. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've, I've got one that I came up, popped into my head immediately, but I'm going to choose not to say it. I will say it after, after the episode recording is over. Um, but yeah, so basically that's that. We're going to move on um, next time. 
we'll see what happens with all of this nonsense. <laughs> There's not much to say. It's it's a pretty cut and dry episode. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's a lot of moving plot lines along to new plot lines uh, with the exception of like the kind of action scene at one I checked. Which ruled. Which it's ruled. Like really worth Really funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do we have anything from producer's corner? Not much no. uh, other than, I you know, RP like, David Landers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, what's yeah. funny is uh, Hub, you know, like Hub from like Antioch. Yeah. I don't know if like he pronounces it Hub or Hugh. I'm going to ask him because uh, he listens to us all the time and is like always like, <laughs> he responds to us. Very nice. Good fan. Friend yeah, of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend right. of the show. And he actually messaged me. R.I.P. David Lander. Uh, he did it yesterday. I didn't notice until today. And I was like, we are literally talking about that as we're recording right now. <laughs> so I did retweet the thing that he sent me. But um, but I do. I want to say that I do kind of like that producers' corner has started to integrate itself into the actual episode. Like Matt's a lot more vocal now, and I like. Yeah, it. it's good. It's Third man. <laughs> so well, one nice thing about the uh, our setup here on Zoom is that I am. Uh, uh, able to follow along, so uh, I yeah. decide to just watch the episodes as we're doing the, the yeah. podcast. So I have I have more to say about it uh, because before it's good, I, I like it. Holding off on not watching it, um, and I'm enjoying this. It's, it's right. nice to to follow yeah. along. It's like I have a commentary track on the episode. So riff tracks, yeah. live riff tracks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Easily we could riff tracks the show. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, any any last thoughts before we sign off? I don't have any. I don't really. I think that, uh, you know, we'll have more to say in future episodes about yeah. these, but pretty much all these plots are in transition at the moment, and I don't think there's a lot more to parse out that we didn't already right. discuss in the course of doing so. Well, all right. On that note, we will end the Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm Colin Carney Hepner. I'm Chris Pruitt. Matt Guerrero. See you soon. Bye. Bye.